And we're live, people. Welcome to the first episode of my new podcast, Star Wars Legends. Here I have Dylan, a.k.a. Don Tuttle. Mm -hmm. What is your function in this whole EU rebellion? Uh, I'm a member. Well, I mean, you get you have to do something. I I make these videos. I rant on my toilet. What, what what's your contribution? I'm an admin of two of the more active paid um, groups, um, the Alliance to Preserve the Expanded Universe, which is kind of like kind of like the biggers of the groups, and the Star Wars Expanded Universe fans of more legends. I'm also the admin of the page, which does the events, which the biggest event we have going right now is the social media raids. And I also admin the page that does the letter writing campaign. Well, let's, let's talk about what these social media raids are. Uh, well, by the way, I'm Jeremy. You probably know that since you're watching my channel. But uh, I... I make Star Wars reviews. I rant about Star Wars when things go, don't go the way I like. And I do it on my toilet. Yep. When's that uh, Star Wars number three coming out, by the way? Never. Never ever. <laughs> Never. Don't throw salt in my wounds, dude. They haven't healed since March. <laughs> So let's talk about these letter writing campaigns here. We got one coming up. Well, and the letter writing campaign was yesterday. They're, oh, that's right. Letter writing campaigns are the last Friday of every month. We have letters. We send them in. There's a stock letter, I believe, done by the people at Star Wars Real Canon. That was a good, nice collaboration we did. But the thing we do have coming up July 7th, the same date that Dark Disciple comes out, is a social media raid. And that is where we go onto the Delray page or whatever page. We go on a couple, I think, now. And we ask for more Star Wars Legends books. Mm -hmm. And I just as what I say every time we do one of these, and I'm not the only one who says this, but just be polite, people. Yeah. No, There's no need to be jerks about things. Mm -hmm. Definitely. It, yeah. It helps us, it makes us look better when we're not being, like, we're kind of already being trolls by spamming the page, but when we try to do it politely and not be, like, finger-pointing FUs and that sort of thing, it just makes us look better and it gets our point across better. Yeah. So let's get into the main topic of this Hangout. How we got into the EU, and Dylan, since you're the guest, why don't you go first? I got into the EU, or at least I I knew what I was doing, what I, I knew what the EU was in 2005, back when Return of, um, Revenge of the Sith had already come out, and honestly, huge Star Wars fan, saw the prequels because I grew up with them, saw the original trilogy after I saw episode one or I, I don't know i saw them around the same time love star wars and i'm like ah oh. but the last movie came out and it's over and i had a friend and a friend in school who was just like oh no no it's not over there's all these books and comics that take the story past you know past present future and i was like oh what and like he started telling me 
about all the storylines that were going on, like especially the post Jedi stuff, because New Jedi Order was wrapping up around that time. So he was telling me what was happening. I'm like, oh my god, I gotta find this out. So I found the Wikipedia. I got some of the video games and I played through them. Browse Wikipedia source sites, the Wikipedia for years, going through as much as I could, just absorbing it, and that's where I am today. Of course, now I actually read the books and comics. I didn't used to because I had it was a time thing, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. I love that you you found it at probably the perfect time to find it. Yeah. Um, my whole thing with the EU Star Wars has been in my life for so long. I don't remember when. I don't remember the first time I saw the original trilogy because I saw them so many times. You should watch them like every day. I remember when I saw episode one was the first movie I saw on the big screen. And I saw all the prequel movies on the big screen. And um, at some point, oh, I didn't read well. In fact, I couldn't read for a really long time, which is weird now because I review books on my channel. But Star Wars got me into reading, uh, specifically the comics. Like I jumped onto Republic Comics near the end. And I jumped into uh, Legacy of Knights of the Old Republic for a really long time. And that's it just grew from there. And I don't know. If it weren't for Star Wars, I wouldn't read. Same here. Which, in turn, I wouldn't be doing these YouTube videos. Well, you'd still be doing rants. I'm oh, yeah. Sure. I wouldn't have. I would be doing raw, grumpy rants. On your other channel. Boobs and YouTube whores and all sorts of lovely stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, jeez. It's weird. Uh, I never thought Star Wars would end. And I didn't it has ended and it's rebooted like everything does now. And... Honestly, that was that's what's so nice about Star Wars. Like growing up, like every time I found a Star Wars story, it's like, oh yeah, this. Because again, I didn't know about Infinities and Tales. I didn't come across them. But like everything I was thinking was like, oh, he, it fits so perfectly. Like it references this and this and this. And it got to a point where I rather stupidly thought every fictional work universe worked like Star Wars, where everything was was yeah. all in continuity and canon. Boy, was I wrong. Oh yeah. That's that's why I love Star Wars so much and why I accepted things just rebooting constantly. I'm like, well, at least I'll have Star Wars as a constant in my life. And that's not the case anymore. Now we got a, a new Dawn and that canon, which you can like that stuff all you want. I gave it a try. Dylan rubbed salt in the wound from the try. I'm going to be doing it again soon enough with uh, trying out one of the novels. But it's it's completely okay if you like the new canon and you don't like the old canon. That's fine. I just prefer the old canon stuff. Um, and it, it's just certain things I just don't agree with, and I think Dylan's the same way. Yeah. It's just things don't make sense to me, why they would do stuff like that. But, hey, it's there. It's their thing now. They can do whatever they want with it. And when it gets crowded, they can reboot it again. 
and again and again and again and again. That's just what they do. Reboot everything. But we're getting negative. We're getting into um, grump talk. Uh, I don't he know. who shall not be named. Yeah. Don't want, we don't want we don't want a certain members saying that we copy how he he acts about things or she or she or it oh oh that <laughs> I know exactly who you're talking about but let's let's talk about what we're reading and Dylan why don't you go first because this guy hit New Jedi Order, which is when, uh, if, for those of you who don't know, and you've been watching my whole videos lately, you've noticed I've been picking up New Jedi Order hardcovers, and you're wondering, what's the New Jedi Order? Well, uh, the New Jedi Order, when Bantam, when Delray took over Star Wars again, because the, the first seven Star EU novels that came out in the late 70s and early 80s were done by Del Rey, but they gave up the rights to Star Wars and Bantam took them over. And Bantam wrote many Star Wars books in the 90s. But the thing with Bantam was everything was becoming the same. It was always like the Empire has some sort of super weapon. And yeah, someone gets right, killed. Yeah. And so the New Jedi Order was when Del Rey took over uh, it was the game changer. No one was safe, and people died. And Dylan's officially hit that series. So, Dylan, after what... after getting through the prerequisites of all the Bantam books, yeah, which I'm doing right now. But which which book I, are you reading? I'm well. I haven't read it yet because I just finished. I just finished the one previous, but I'm on Agents of Chaos 2, um, Jedi Eclipse by James Lucino. So that is the fifth uh, yes. New Jedi Order book. Mm -hmm. um, what do you think of James Lucino's writing? I Honestly, he does such a good job that I don't notice it. It just feels like another Star Wars book, but the way he ties in everything like i'm reading characters who i've currently read in other books and just like oh it's like he's it's like they're his characters even though they're previously like they're previously written but he writes them like his own characters and he ties things in together like in his previous book there were characters like from like five different bantam novels who were all in a room together at one point conversing and like i'll have something to do something and i'm just like and like i read the chapter and i looked up like wait a minute that's from Wait, he's from that book. She and she's from what? And it it was just he amazing. Has a gift that that yeah. man has a gift of tying things together, and you won't notice it until. <coughs> that's why I love reading his books really slowly. Like I read Darth Plagueis recently, and I loved it. But he had all sorts of references to things that. I didn't realize at the time, and then when I finished chapter, I'd be like, "Oh, you're referencing, say, Shadows of the Empire or the Star Wars Bounty Hunter video game, mm -hmm. just all sorts of stuff." Um, and that's something I love about the EU is that you don't have to read everything, but when you read some stuff, 
and you get a writer like James Lucino and you read something of his and you're like, hey, I remember when this happened or this makes sense why this would happen. It's it's just really fun to read that. And it's like you don't even notice it because it's just like – it's like he did get descriptions like and then there's this character who – who kind of who got promoted after how we handled this crisis and you're just like oh okay but then like you read the book where that crisis happened you're just like oh he's back oh i love that guy <laughs> and but they do it in such a way that they give you just what you need to know and then they move on but if you know but if you know what they need to know already it just adds it it's so beautifully done yeah um so any closing well what's the plot of agents of chaos um well book one i should say of agents of chaos a lot of book one is that the vong are kind of interested in like it's the vong are starting to get political like at the first part it was just like basically soldiers now like the religious order is getting involved and they kind of want a little to know a little more about the galaxy and they kind of start focusing on the jedi as you know, for whatever reason, they think like the Jedi are a threat, so they send two of their own to infiltrate as defectors and like unleash something that's going to kill Jedi, and that's kind of like the plot of the book. And then Han is trying to get over something that happens in his own way that happens in the first book, which I won't spoil. But oh yeah, yeah. Um, I know what you're talking about. I know exactly. And then Luke's dealing with some stuff because there's a lot of anti-Jedi sentiment in the galaxy, so he's trying to he's trying to deal with that while at the same time help with the war effort. Okay. Any closing thoughts? No. <laughs> no? Okay. Oh, well, I'm reading. I started the Bantam era with the true set Bakura, and I'm like... <sighs> barely into this. I'm something like at page 28. And I'm really enjoying this because, okay, so I had two people I asked about this book. One person loved it and the other person hated it. So I'm like, okay, I might end up somewhere in the middle with this. And so far I'm really enjoying it. Mm -hmm. um, I couldn't tell you what it's about really. <laughs> Well, I read that I've read the book, so I won't spoil it, but you already know this. It literally takes it's like, okay, the Battle of Endor happened, they partied. Okay, what they were doing the next morning is when this book picks up. It's literally that. And it's so cool because um Luke's really badly injured. Mm -hmm. And like his bones are completely calloused over because he got electrocuted. And that's just something that you would never think about. And, like, I read that, too, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess if you were electrocuted for that long, there'd probably be some negative repercussions. <laughs> Even if you're, like, the chosen one's son. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's really cool. Um, I got to the Alien Race's introduction with that weird machine, which, Dylan, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. What the fuck? <laughs> I was a little strange. That was bizarre. I didn't see that. I'm like, okay. It's, it's weird. But it's enjoyable weird. 
Well, it, it was actually hideous, but um, <laughs> it's, it's interesting, and I, I really like it so far. Mm -hmm. It's a good little story. The one problem I had is that I've never thought the antagonist in the story were any real threat to the galaxy. There was There's kind of another antagonist along the Bantam levels that I thought was a much better antagonist that kind of share similar traits with it, but I like the book in general. Oh, are you talking about what happens in the Black Fleet Crisis? Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah, the two, the two antagonists in the Black Fleet Crisis and this kind of get compared to each other because they kind of are similar. Mm-hmm. Well, what came first? So I think this came first before Black Fleet Crisis. Because I don't think Last Command was out when this uh, when this book was released. No, I think it was Thrawn Trilogy. Then it was Jedi Academy. No, Thrawn Trilogy, Dark Empire, Jedi Academy. Those all came out in order. And then I think everything else started spawning after Jedi Academy. I could be wrong on that. Yeah, I don't think I think this came out before Jedi Academy. In all honesty, because there's ads in this book. Because this is a first print. And there's no ad for Last Command, but there is for the other two Thrawn books. <sighs> but, I'm you know, I could, I could be wrong. You know. But. Okay, let's check the Wikipedia. List of novels by release date. <laughs> Quinn. The sorry. Last Command came sorry, out in 93 was um, January of 94. Okay, so this is older than me. By barely like eight months. That was Jedi Search, Courtship, Dark Apprentice, Champions, Crystal Star, Ambush. Look at that. He's I'm looking for... Yeah. Um, Black Blue Crisis did come out until 96. That was... Two years after. Okay. So, in your opinion, which ones? So, you like Black Fleet Crisis more than Truce? Or are you even there? I am there. In my opinion, what? Uh, did you like Black Fleet Crisis more than Truce of Bakura? I did. And. I know a lot of people don't like Black Fleet Crisis because there's another side story. Well, there's like three story arcs going at the same time, and one people don't like because it doesn't really have anything to do with the other story arcs, and the other, it takes the Force into a very weird place, and people don't like that. But I thought the, the one main story arc was what made it for me. Okay. Yeah. Well, this is like the shortest episode ever. This is getting into reviews territory. Yeah, we're getting yeah. Yeah, we're getting into the Star Wars reviewers territory. Oh. Uh, what are yeah. you reading? That that was what I'm reading. It's the only thing I'm reading right now. Well, I'm also reading Scott Snyder's Batman run, but that has nothing to do with Star Wars. I'm reading Invasion. Like my breaks in work, but I've barely got through like ten pages of the first issue. <laughs> Oh, I was gonna ask how you like that because that got really that got canceled. Mm -hmm. 
I don't even remember when it was coming out. It was it was in it was in that time when I didn't have a comic shop to go to. Um, because I had to stop collecting Legacy and Knights of the Old Republic and Dark Times because right before Vector was going to happen, and it was it was just hard to. I just didn't read for like a long time and I was really like bothered by that. There's always Wikipedia, man. Well, I didn't have a fast running computer at that point. Mm. I don't now again. I don't know what's up with my computer, but you know. By the way, when I say that, I'm one of the few people who is almost immune to spoilers unless there's some like really really like big plot twist that's happened i'm usually okay with knowing someone died but i know a lot of people aren't so if you're going to use wikipedia tread cautiously because oh um, definitely get ruined like, that's why i don't use it i only use it for reviews mm -hmm. but like you'll look at a character and just be like oh this is a really cool character and then like you see like a death date for them you're just like ooh. and then especially when you know the timeline is like oh that happened around Oh, I'm gonna reading that book soon. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how you feel with every character in New Jedi Order? I've kind of been staying away from it, even though I'm, even though I don't really care for spoilers. Like I know the main people who die, but I don't know a lot of the side characters that die. So like I want that to be a surprise. Oh yeah. Is New Jedi Order is a game changer? I'm actually. I'm looking forward to New Jedi Order when I get there, but I'm looking even more forward to Legacy of the Force, mm -hmm. which has one of what I consider to be a better version of the prequel trilogy. I do too. Coming from, again, only reading from Wikipedia. Yeah, much. I've read a lot from Wikipedia, and I read the first novel when it came out. Are you gonna when you go through the advancement books, read the Young Jedi Knight series? Yeah, I have the first novel. I bought it for like a dollar. The yeah, day. they're quick reads, but mm -hmm. for Legacy, they're definitely prerequisite. They're oh, yeah, like... especially when we get to well, what's the last one? It's the last book. I don't know. That has the quotes. Crisis on Chris. Oh, yeah, the last one of that has quotes from Jason in that series. And that, like, it's, so, it's, like... it's invincible. Mm -hmm. It's the last one. And Sacrifice has the shocking twist in the middle that I won't spoil. Because, ooh, that was that's something. Mm -hmm. And I know we, gets we, we keep saying of blah, 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 dies, blah, 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 dies. And that's not all of Star Wars. But you have to understand, the series is called Star Wars. You have to expect death in it. <laughs> And really, that's a lot of people's problem with the Bantam books is, like, no one dies. Like, I can think of, like, well, there's one character from the movie who dies in one novel and a minor character. And, I mean, a few characters, like, are from, like, sync authors die. Like, but, like, they die in the same, but, like, the same author kills off their own characters. But, like, there really is a sense of danger in the Bantam novels. Yeah, that's the thing. Well, Dark Horse wasn't afraid to kill mm -hmm. characters off. That was where I think that's why Stackpole, like, that's where he got out his anger, Bantam not letting him kill people. 
Yeah, in his own. Because uh, eventually in Rogue Squadron, it's like every book someone dies. Yeah, the Rogue Squadron books are complete exceptions. Like, Yeah, that was... Well, they, they are the exceptions. They're the only ones that only came out in paperback. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, I'm reading books, and it's just like, man, how many people from the original book are left? <laughs> I literally thought that, like, on the third one. Like, how many people from the original... And I went back and compared, like, notes, like, Jesus... <laughs> Yeah, and then compare that to how many people survived the comic series that's, that's the prequel to the novels. Yeah, that's the thing. The book series, like, a lot of people don't make it, but, like, they constantly say, it's like, man, if you were in the old Rogue Squad, though, that they were on Harsh Times, just, like, reading these books, it's like, Harsh Times, like, half of Rogue Squadron's gone. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, jeez, yeah, um... And even before that, with when the Dark Horse did that unnecessary Star Wars ongoing, mm -hmm. and the only necessary thing that comes out of that is you learn the origin of Rogue Squadron. But I mean, Rogue Squadron goes through crap. They did an Empire; like half of them died in <laughs> Empire Strikes Back. That is like it's kind of the same thing because there are a f there are a few invincible characters in Rogue Squadron. You know, oh, the main core. The main core is invincible. Everyone else is fair game. Well, the thing was in the comic, the main core dissipates. It, it was a lot bigger. And I mean, not all of them died. I mean, some people transferred and stuff out. But it was, when, when someone died, it was like, ooh. It, oh, go on. And the thing is, like, there's... In Alston's um, uh, run in the X-wing books, there's like there's characters that you know you've only known for a <coughs> for a book, and then they die, and you're just like, but I really like them. Like they set characters up to kill them, but they make you like them. It's not just like okay, this guy. They really make you like characters. Like there's a whole thing of the first the first um, Rogue Squadron book is like five mission five flights like apparently the death rate for pilots in their first five missions is like really high then after you get that it's like lower but like it's they constantly reference that and when you get to their fifth one you're just like oh man who's not gonna make it because you know because <laughs> like by that time you're just like i don't want any i want all these guys to make it but i know they're not gonna make it <laughs> yeah and then you'll be getting back to X-Wing soon enough with uh, Mercy Kill. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, that's a little ways away because that's after Legacy of the Force, isn't it? Yeah. That's yeah. That's the second to last book in the chronology. It goes Mercy Kill, then... Um, oh, I Mercy thought it was Kill. in between Fate of, uh, Legacy of the Force and Fate of the Jedi. It, no, it's after Fate of the Jedi before Crucible. Oh, okay. The end. Might as well call our walk the road to crucible. The road to crucible. Might as well. Don't worry. There's still all the there's still all the pre endor stuff I haven't read yet. Oh, you haven't read any of it. I have. I've read quite yeah. a bit actually. Well, it's on the comic side, I've read all of it. Well, on the comic side, I've read. I'm all over the place. Well, actually, the comics minus Knight Errant <laughs> and the Darth Vader miniseries. Which one? All of them. I've never read any of those, believe it or not. I read Purge. Purge was okay. Oh, Purge, I don't count. 
Purge was how Clone Wars ended. And then they made another one shot like five years later. And then they made Tyrant's Fist, which was like a two issue mini. And then they made. I've read Purge, that. Yeah, I have that. I have that back there. So, Jeremy, since you're the comic guy, favorite Star Wars comic series? Oh, fuck you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, 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 damn. Next to the Old Republic. Because, well, if you asked me a while ago, it would be Rogue Squadron. But the thing is, there's a bunch of bad Rogue Squadron stories mm -hmm. intermixed with the really good. Like, it's every other is good. And there, there's just a bunch of mediocre to just trash stories. Um, and Clone Wars... Uh, which was the Republic story um, comics? That whole storyline with Clone when it got into the Clone Wars got good until Quinlan Voss came back from the dark side, which is not a spoiler. I saved you yeah. a lot of time. I saw it coming. It's one of those things where, like, yeah, he's not going to be a dark Jedi forever. He's going to get redeemed, and that was just that hampered that whole storyline. And Empire had too many weird things. Legacy turned into garbage about halfway through it. And now this is where we disagree. I like Legacy a lot. I like but Legacy, also... and except for the protagonist. I liked Cade. I don't like Cade. He's useless. Cade is the greatest. Cade is like the only real Skywalker we have. <laughs> That's not just like... Cade is like the most relatable Skywalker because like he's not like the up and tight, you know, just like, oh, I have to serve the force and everything else is second. Like blah blah blah. I'm gonna be like a soldier of the light only like well, Anakin wasn't. What? Anakin wasn't, if you read Colworth comics, he did some really well, horrible Anakin, things. But Anakin's like a Well, he's a sociopath. Yeah. <laughs> but Cade. honestly, for me, favorite comic series, it's a tie. Between Legacy and Tales of the Jedi, I go back and forth oh, on this all shit. the time. That's good too. Uh, it's just I think Knights of the Old Republic was a better character study. Mm -hmm. It was, and it wraps and up the main plot really quickly. And then instead of what you'd think it would taper off, it doesn't. It, it works on subplots. Mm -hmm. That were subplots which tie into each other. Like there's there's constant like callbacks the things that happened and like those callbacks ended up being their own story thing <laughs> and i that's why i liked nice the old republic didn't like how it ended though i liked like i liked what i liked about tales of the jedi was it was the best i don't i don't care much for the first part of it the hyperspace war with like the hyperspace travelers that oh, part when, I don't... when they wrote those prequels golden age of the sith and fall mm -hmm. but as soon as it gets to nomi ulik and xr kun is like the greatest tragedy in star wars history i believe and the greatest oh, yeah. redemption to that tragedy yeah that's the greatest ending to any star wars comic completely agree uh that um uh, yeah, because the way Rogue Squadron ends, it goes like a year later. It continues in novels. And, 
And so that didn't really end. I'm trying to think of how things ended. Yeah, because Starfighters of Atomar is technically like the last Rogue Squadron book, even though it's just like the main core. And even that doesn't end. Mm-hmm. It kind of just like, okay, now we're going back and then you get to you get to New Jedi Order and it's like, oh, all they're all retired. Which, by the way, isn't a spoiler too, because it's twenty five years after Endor. I mean how many people are starting to get elderly? Yeah. How many people who are on the front lines are still in the front lines twenty five years later? I mean, honestly. Yeah. Um I'm just trying to think of how comics the thing was, eventually with Dark Horse, they were just not bringing out good stuff. I mean, if yeah. Dark Horse still had the rights and we still had the old EU, I guarantee we would have basically the main thing we would have was more Dawn of the Jedi. And more Which Nine wouldn't have been a bad thing because Dawn of the Jedi was really starting to hit its stride, in my opinion. And then we would have The Empire Strikes Back. Like, the, the rough draft that they, they would lie and say that's the rough draft that the Empire Strikes Back. And Legacy 2, and what else was coming out? Oh, Star Wars Ongoing. Yeah. I don't even want to talk about that. That's probably the worst Star Wars series I've ever read. Was it worse than the Old Republic comics? That's That was a cash grab. That doesn't count. That was a webcomic <laughs> first. And I didn't read all of the Old Republic. I read some of it. It just wasn't that great. I couldn't get past the first issue. I I got the Dark Horse. I got the Humble Bundle before the Dark Horse Mega Bundle come out, and the Old Republic was on one of them. So I'm like, okay, I just read the I just read the first six issues of Kotor. I'll read the Old Republic now because that's kind of along the timeline. And oh, yeah. I honestly could not make it through the first book. I'm just like, okay, what else is on here? And, and that's I moved a on. Game. Is really. Because the novels of the Old Republic were really good. That's what I hear, too. And, uh, yeah. Do you have a favorite novel? Well, you you told me this off-air. Yeah, Iron Fist. Which is what? People probably was like, what, what's that? X-Wing Iron Fist. I think it's book six in this series. It's book six. It's the second one when Alston takes over. Because awesome. uh, the X-Wing series the first four books are by michael stackpole and then there's three by alston then book eight's by stackpole book nine and ten are by alston mm-hmm. and you know if you're thinking it's like oh you know it's just passing off there's there's no con they pick up they're they're very well done like when it's transitions from author to author it's very well done how they do it they kind of stay with the same story, same story or same storylines, but they do split off and do their own thing. But it's still, it's one series. I can't stress that enough. It's one series that does a really good job of staying one series. Good. Um, oh God, what's my favorite novel? Oh, it'd be Darth Plagueis. Yeah. That's no, not even a question about that. I've never read something that was done so perfectly that wasn't written by J.R.R. Tolkien. Here, here's the thing. That movie, that sorry, book, makes you want to watch one of the worst Star Wars movies ever. 
It does. It, it really does. It really it puts things into perspective about what was going on in the Phantom Menace. Essentially, James Lucino had the job of uh, people hate the Phantom Menace. So can you write a book that uh, fixes some things so that the hardcore fans will understand why some of the decisions that everyone thought were stupid were made? And it, it explains it perfectly. Again, again, have not read it, but I have, I have read about Plagueis through the Wikipedia, which is a lot of it, which is like a lot of Plague, like the novel. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the, really the only thing written about him. Mm -hmm. It's not like he's not like Darth Bane, which they threw him in Clone Wars for no reason. For cameos. You know, they probably would have thrown Ta Darth Talon in there for no reason. And Somehow. had to fight her. And, like, then they would tell the stories, like, oh, yeah, she was frozen, too, along with Krat. And, like, they kept, Krat kept her around as, like, a special assassin. And then there's, like, what? No, because, like, the beginning of Legacy, she was, just like, a newcomer that just made, like, that just made, like, whatever the equivalent of the Sith Jedi Knight is. Mm-hmm. You remember how Legacy opens with her and she... She makes that woman bleed out her eyes because, you know, force choking had been done way too many times. No, I thought the worst thing was just like, I'll do whatever you say. It's like, okay, kill your master. And like, she's just like, done. <laughs> <laughs> That's like your final test. Uh, uh, kill your master. Okay. Yeah. Also, I think I remember telling someone just like, oh, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, it was so like, you know, all legacy starts and it's like, and just like all of a sudden, like cold eyes and like, up, 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 spoiler alert. Like, spoiler alert. It happens in like the first five pages. <laughs> That's not a spoiler. <laughs> it literally is just like, okay, here's, here's Cade Skywalker and his father Cole, okay? Oh, now he's dead. Or was he dead? You remember that weird two issue arc? near the beginning when mm -hmm. Kate's mom's introduced and she's hunting that guy that may or may not have been his dad. Mm -hmm. No, he, he was dead. He became one with the force. Okay. Who the did. fuck was that? I don't know. I he didn't know either. Extra... That's another reason I didn't like the series. <laughs> I got confused. <laughs> yeah. She had some extracurriculars and it actually took me a while to figure out who she really was too. Then, like, I started connecting the dots, and I reread a lot of it, just like, oh, okay, now that makes sense. And through some help with the Wikipedia, I figured it out. Yes. Which, that's an era you can Wikipedia, because other than that series, there's not a lot that happens in that era. Well, or there's not a lot that's written, I should say. Yeah, in that time period of the era, because Legacy of the Force is technically the beginning of the Legacy era. But they happen like a hundred years apart from each other. Yes, and then there's the Legacy Two, Dylan's favorite series, which I like better than Legacy One. Because you like, because again, my th your thing with Legacy is you didn't like the protagonist. I like the protagonist, well, and the Legacy takes the protagonist out of the equation. So I'm just my like, thing with Legacy, it shouldn't have been a Skywalker. And I almost got that whole thing in Legacy 2. There was a solo, but she wasn't Force-sensitive or hadn't discovered she was Force-sensitive yet. 
And I'm like, okay, this is something I've wanted to have for a while. You know, the main character isn't a Jedi, which, believe it or not, doesn't happen often. It didn't happen often at that point in time. Anytime, really. I mean, even the X-Wing series. Is it a spoiler to say there's a Jedi in the X-Wing series? No. Yeah. There weren't that many. There weren't any in Rogue Squadron. Well, there was. There was, there was one weird guy who. Well, in, I mean, in the comic. Yeah, in the comics. Weird guy who was using the Sith magic, but that was different. Which, ugh, that was bad. Was That's it Red not... Harvest bad? No, it wasn't like a CW TV show. <laughs> At a Sith Academy, and there were zombies, and their uh, their main instructor was Dracula, and there weren't zombie Tauntauns, and a Jedi Agricore member as the protagonist, and she does nothing. That's Red Harvest for you guys. Don't read it. <laughs> read Death Troopers. It's a much better book. And just leave it at that. Have you read Death Trooper? Oh wait, no, you no. haven't. You should, really should. In fact, read, listen to the audiobook. I'm Trooper. waiting for the year to roll around so I get more audible credits. Oh, okay. That's on my list though. That's a good one. Don't don't do the Red Harvest audible. That guy, oh, I'll give you all an example and I did this in my review a while back. But he'd be talking like this and talking and talking and then suddenly, whoa, he's talking like this. And there's no reason to be talking like this because nothing's happening. And you go, oh, like that, like that, like that, like that. And I love up, it. And it's like, I'm like, dude, go for voice coaching or something. I don't know. It's just you don't talk that way in a book unless something is happening. And there wasn't anything happening in the book. And then he gave one character a, a voice like this and he was talking like he was straining on the toilet trying to take a dump like like dylan knows this like when when you're, you're straining for an hour and then you all that all comes out is a pebble I mean, it was like that and i'm like nothing's happening by the way can i just say star wars <laughs> audiobooks in general are amazing oh yeah because it's with Star Wars audiobooks, especially the newer ones, they incorporate sound effects with them and mm -hmm. music. From the movie. So it's like if there's a lightsaber battle, you can hear the lightsabers humming and like mm -hmm. slicing each other. There's like a battle going, you can hear blaster shots. You hear like ambiance music, like they're in the you hear like the computers going off when they're like in the control room of a ship. And then they have oh. John Williams music in the background on top of that. And Wookiees, usually. Usually, some um, they do Wookie noises when there's a Wookie. Mm -hmm. um, even better, there's actually some of the older ones are actually they have a full uh, cast of people doing the voiceovers. In fact, they did a radio drama of all the original trilogy, and Mark Hamill came back to do Luke Skywalker for A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. Right, which is a lot of my problems with some of the. Um, male people who do the voices because like i'll hear it's like yeah that's great then i'll hear their lay and i'm just like uh which isn't their fault i mean they're guys trying to do a, a girl's voice but 
Yeah, I mean, some people can do it. Yeah, uh, some the people. Guy, the guy in his Death Trippers can do it decently enough. Only there's only one woman in Death Troopers. <laughs> so, I mean, he I guess he lucked out on that one. Yeah, it's because, like, I read, I did the Thrawn trilogy, and um, a lot of his female characters sound the same. Like, his Leia and Mara, because those are, the, like, the two main ones that come up, are almost identical. And it's kind of like, you have to remember who's in the scene. And, like... Yeah. I read those so long ago. You should listen to the audio version. Uh, I might. But Especially I'm looking that... for something in the original print of Heir to the Empire that they've taken out in later printings. The quote-unquote continuity error that they fixed. I'm just saying, that last scene in the Chimera, they played it they play the Imperial March, but the piano version from the end of episode six, when that happens, and it's just like so perfect. <laughs> oh, at, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Trying to stay spoiler free. That was something. Did you see that? You, I think we all knew that was going to happen. Right. Did you expect it that way, though? I didn't. I knew it was going to happen. I did it, and I'm glad they did it that way because I think there was no other way to do that that would have stayed true to. Yeah. There weren't. He wouldn't. No. There so weren't. That that character wouldn't have done something stupid. Mm -hmm. He wouldn't. Have, that character wouldn't have pulled a Palpatine and done something rash. But oh. I'm a, I'm excited to get to Thrawn. I'll be getting to that maybe this year. Finally, it's been something like eight years since I or seven or eight years since I read that that trilogy. Yeah, and I'm going to be getting back to that. By the way, just so you know, the Thrawn trilogy is a great place to start. But if you're already entrenched into the Star Wars universe, especially the expanded universe, if you're just coming off the movies, great place to start. But since it's kind of is the first EU novel that really became like, even though there's other EU novels, it's kind of like the first real one. It spends a lot of time setting things up that you already kind of know existed, explaining the universe in general. So if you're just starting out, it's great. But if you already know the expanded universe, Heir to the Empire is a little bit of a drag to get through. This yeah, is just, this, this is coming from me. I remember. Yeah. Because I wasn't new at that point when I read it. Uh, yeah, because but we had the Lando trilogy, <laughs> the Solo Adventures trilogy, and Splinter of the Mind's Eye, and that was it for novels. Other than the, the novelizations. Yeah. And, uh, and then there was the Marvel Comics and the West End Games stuff, and that was it at the time. But yeah, I can't wait for that. Actually, what I'm looking really forward to is rereading Dark Forces because it's been even longer since I read those illegally on someone's computer. Because, my God, the, the hassle it was to get those three books back there, those white hardcovers right next to the red one on the top shelf, 
My God. I, I want to talk about this before we get off of here. These struggles I have gone through to get my collection in the last year. It's it's sometimes I luck out, like when I got dark the dark tide duology for um 99 cents in hardcover. But then there's times like when I got Dark Forces Jedi Knight, where the person didn't ship it to me for three weeks. And I wondered, were they ever going to give it to me at all? And I had to put a client, I had to file a complaint to eBay and stuff. It was, it was awful. It was really unpleasant. But hey, I'm glad I have it and it doesn't smell like cum or piss. And the pages don't stick together, so that's good. There's no Disney logos on it. Uh, well, I don't mind the Disney logo that much. It's annoying, yeah. But I'm not like some people in in the groups that yeah sharpie out the <laughs> legends of the Disney. I saw that too. I don't mind it either, but like, especially because if you don't know something about me, I collect Legos. Mm -hmm. um, one of the newer sets that came out was the Azure Angel, which is from the Clone Wars micro series, which I have this one, not the Filoni one, this one. Yeah. More specifically, this one. And um, the Republic run of Clone Wars. It was in that, that too. Really briefly. Mm -hmm. But it's like EU set, and then it's got a Disney logo on it. And I'm just like scratching my head like... Makes but you they wonder, said that's not canon. Makes you wonder <laughs> if there was going to be a Clone Wars Lost episode with that in it. I don't think it they would, because in the Clone Wars, they always use the Ada 2s, not the Delta 7s. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Dave Filoni would probably change the name of it. Mm -hmm. And call it the Ahsoka One. No, he would call it the... um. He would call it the Blue Angel instead of Azure Angel, because he's on a creative. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, and oh, good. And then, um, what was it? Space Aladdin would fly it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it would be made by, like, a peaceful race who, like, hated weapons and killing. And it would encounter the Vong for no reason. <laughs> and the, instead of guns, it would have walkie-talkies. <laughs> Darth Maul would come with his robot legs, but instead of robot legs, it'd be, like, jetpack feet. He probably lose his legs again. So so he pictured like Mega Man, like mm -hmm. the Mega Man cannons, but on his feet. And then a bunch of clone troopers will come in, but then like Anakin hits a switch and all the chips in their brains goes off and like <laughs> I'm sorry, we're dogpiling on Filoni's clone wars here. And our our two viewers are like, oh yeah, these guys are jerks. Filoni's Clone Wars has a place in the timeline, for better or for worse. Usually for worse. But sometimes for better. Yeah, there's some good episodes. 
especially the ones where they don't have Jar Jar. <laughs> I got. I thought I hated Jar Jar and Phantom Menace, and then I saw. I, I watched an episode, and they're like, "Oh, we're sending Ambassador Binks over," and I'm like, "Oh no!" Here's the thing: I never understood. Why is it that they never killed Jar Jar? I don't know. You, like, they killed a whole bunch of Gungans in the Republic line of Clone Wars. Like the trade Federation got the revenge and just slaughtered a whole bunch of them. Do you think if R.A. Salvatore wrote the novel where Jar Jar died, everyone would forgive him? Yeah. Or it'd be a start. <laughs> it'd be a start. You'd have to kill Ahsoka as well, probably. And all the Ewoks. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. And then Matt would hate him. And Matt would hate him. I like R.A. Salvatore. He I made do too. the clones watchable because he wrote the novel. And you can replace the bad Lucas dialogue with the dialogue that's in the novel. So you're telling me Anakin doesn't talk about sand in the novel? I don't think he did. I, he murders the sand people in the novel. I don't hear a lot about those two. I hear a lot about the Revenge of the Sith one, and then the other two prequel novels are kind of... Because the Revenge of the Sith novel put a whole bunch of EU in, and it, can, it contradicts Filoni's show like nobody's business. Oh, yeah. And I think it had an error with the comic in how Anakin got his scars. Mm -hmm. And this one as well. In fact, Labyrinth of Evil had a couple continuity errors with this series as well. Yes, that was called a lack of communication. Mm -hmm. That's annoying because that could have been really easily avoided. And actually, it's pretty fixable too because we can't, we shouldn't spoil that though. No, actually, there's a lot of in this series. Should we talk about this? You want to do a Clone Wars retrospective since we watched it together the other day? Well, I'm just like how this series too has a lot of has some continuity errors as well, along with the other Clone Wars series. But why we forgive it and not and not Filoni's Clone Wars? Because it's actually made well and they respect things. And it was coming out at the same time everything else was. So there wouldn't have been a lot of... There wasn't anything set in stone mm -hmm. when it was made. Unlike Filoni's show, which is second wave Clone Wars, which why we... Why they wanted to focus on the Clone Wars still is beyond me. Because Clone Wars was, at that point, uh, for, all, for those of you who don't know, the way the old EU timeline was set up, there's certain areas where stuff was just vomited out because of movies. And the most vomited mass of stuff is in between episodes two and three. And between four and five, it's pretty bad. Yeah, there's a lot of rebellion stuff too, but but there was effort for the most part put into the rebellion stuff. It was like at some point people just stopped caring, and 
specifically Dave Filoni, and he just did whatever he wanted. Anakin's apprentice is the most unnecessary thing ever. And I felt the same way about Starkiller when Force Unleashed first came out. But the difference was Force Unleashed was quality and Clone Wars wasn't. And actually, Force Unleashed was just more of uh, Lucas's idea because his idea has always been that there was a kind of a power dynamic between Vader and Palpatine where Palpatine wanted a very strong apprentice under him that he can control and have him do his bidding for him. So Palpatine can sit back and rule the galaxy. Whereas Vader, like a normal Sith would, wants to be in power himself and take over and take over take over the Sith and become Sith Lord himself. Which he could do when he was when he was Anakin before he became the machine, before the accident on Mustafar. He could do, he was powerful enough. But then that accident happened and he wasn't powerful enough. So part of the thing with him trying to get Luke in the original trilogy was because I can't do this alone. I need someone to help me. So his yeah. plan was with Luke. I, with Luke, I can take down the Emperor, and I can be Emperor myself. I can have the power. So that that was the power dynamic between the two of them. And then the Force Unleashed was his first attempt at having a Luke. Yeah, my uh, there's things I love about the Force Unleashed, and then there's things I don't. Mm -hmm. Especially the second one. And uh, the other part of that power dynamic was Palpatine, for the same reason, after Anakin had his accidents, he's like, oh, I don't have that powerful apprentice yet. I need to find a new one. Mm -hmm. Which is where Luke came in as well. Everyone wants Luke. <laughs> Everyone wants the Luke Skywalker because he's the original character. And he also wanted himself to, to basically rule the Empire forever under clones and have like a royal line of Skywalkers that would serve as his pal as underlings. And you get to legacy and something happened that's not far too too far off from that. Yep, I remember that. Um what's another Who was the crazy clone's name in the Thrawn trilogy? Joruis Sabayoth. Okay. Because he wanted something similar. He wanted Luke as his apprentice, too. Because mm -hmm. he wanted the ultimate power, because to him it was to control, was to have, like, control people, and the hardest person to control is Jedi. So that was kind of his, that was kind of his MO, that he wanted to control Jedi. And he was, you know, he's in Cloak of Deception, not the Him clone, or, but the original. Yeah, the original, yeah. And he's like, oh, he's passing through a hallway. That's another Lucino book. He just ties. Every, he ties that room together. That Star Wars Expanded Universe room. It, it's like he literally goes to like, okay, he goes to Lilo Chink. It's like, okay, what are some what are some things I can tie up for you? And, like, they just have a conversation for 10 minutes. He's just like, okay, done. And then he goes and writes his book. And he comes back to Leland Chu. He's like, does this fix everything for you? And he... I wouldn't be surprised if Leland Chi and Pablo Hugato, if the EU was still, like, if they hadn't turned to the legends, 
Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Lucina was doing a lot of those continuity error corrections to Dave Filoni's Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. Which, again, just like this, just like this Clone Wars, the continuity errors are fixable. It's just oh, yeah. we didn't get to see get a chance to see the fix, so we're still like, what the hell? Yeah. Well, there's the the occasional continuity error in the EU. It's not like the new canon, which is already um, has continuity errors with the movies. Mm. And there's small ones too, like oh, what's a good example of Ganunir? Um And Filoni show? No, just in general, like Oh, in uh <clears throat> in Rule of Darth Bane Rule of Two, uh, about his apprentice. You know, it was with Path of Destruction where he already had his apprentice, but there was a, a short story written by um Kevin J. Anderson where he says he needs to find his apprentice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he already had the apprentice. That's oh, the I can think of one in um in uh, Young Jedi Knights. They find an well. This is the first. This is like the plot of the first book, so it's not really spoilers. But they find a Tie Fighter pilot that's been there since the last time the Empire's been there, which was the Battle of Yavin. Even though in um, Dark Saber, the the Imperial Remnant attacked Yavin again, which happened between that. Hmm. But it's minor things like that, and I tell Matt that, and he's just like, "Oh well, didn't they have to? Didn't they like fly a long way around the planet? So he could have just been on the other side of the planet when that happened. So he didn't know that the Empire was there again." Yeah, it's entirely possible. Yeah, I don't know. Who who would have funk it? But anyway, we digress. Yeah, should well we? Should we put a teaser to our next one where we actually do a retrospective of this series? Yeah, and join us uh, not next week, the week after. We do our retrospective of Jatoski's Clone Wars micro series. And maybe we'll have other people on here. Maybe people will actually show up and stay on the Skype call. Maybe maybe someone named Matt Wilkins won't throw a party and not tell us about it until his guests start showing up on Skype. Which is nice to meet you, CJ. Mm -hmm. And everyone else. Anyway, guys, have a nice day and may the force be with you. And bye. Bye.